The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. It is South African Heritage Month and SA Heritage Publishers, in cooperation with the University of Pretoria, have come across rare writings in seven of South Africa's indigenous languages. They are being translated and it's a cornerstone in the preservation of the history and culture of our country. This morning we're looking at the story of Modjaji, the Rain Queen, and on the line we have Terence Ball, who is uh, the publisher of Heritage Publishers. Terence, good to be chatting to you again. Terence, wonderful to have you on the line once again. We seem to be struggling to get... Terence, are you on the line? I am on the line, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Fantastic. Terence, it seems like a long time ago when I chatted to you and you were actually working on this project at that time. Now uh, you are flying with it, uh, as uh, Meryl Streep says, like balloons that rise to the sky. Well, uh, I hope so. Uh, we're certainly working on it extremely hard, and I've got uh, you know a small team of uh, indigenous language mother tongue speakers working on uh, the transcriptions um, uh, into new orthography in our various languages, and then of course the translations into English. So here's my question: Majaji the Rain Queen. We're talking yes. about the power of women. Tell us a bit about her. Well, I'm discovering more and more about her. I, I can't uh, say that I'm an expert on that subject at all. But as you know, she is one of the few traditional queens that we have in South Africa going back generations. Mm. Um, and uh, it's quite intriguing that um, she comes up in a number of uh, uh, writings. If I can just uh, uh, go through them. One is the story of the Bankuna. This is a, a clan whose um, Nguni ancestors came out of KwaZulu-Natal long before Shoshangan was uh, forced to flee. By the time Shoshangan came out, the um, Bankuna had acculturated themselves into Vatsonga society. But at any rate, uh, this manuscript written by Shulubana, <clears throat> who's related to the royal family, tells of um, the Bankuna traveling with Shoshangan towards uh, Kangala, which was the name for Zimbabwe in those days. Um, And as a result of a rather threatening conversation, the Bankuna decided to part company, (coughs) excuse me, um, with the Amashangana and moved westwards to um, the present-day Zani area. And, of course, there's an introduction to the Rain Queen, which is a, a fascinating story. Um, she comes up again in uh, a writing by a um, Batsonga speaker who says that he was born in the reign of Ishiwawa. Now, we know that Albasini died in 1886, so the author would have been born before then. Uh, and he says that he was part of Ishiwawa's army that took part in a raid on the Balabetu. Um, so the history is fascinating. Terence, you know, I listen to this history and maybe it is because it's Heritage Month and I'm thinking of tourism and I'm thinking of domestic tourism. But I hear these stories and I'm like, wow, there could be some kind of guided trail or walking trip which takes us to all these extraordinarily different places. Well, it, indeed there is, but, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating working on this project. But equally, it's frustrating in that clearly we've only been able to transcribe and translate a small fraction of the writings. Uh, and and um, the work that uh, you refer to, which appears in today's City Press on the Balabirdu, is one of about five writings by that author, 
mm. on the Balabedu, and there are a further two authors, if my memory serves me correctly, who've made contributions uh, on the Balabedu. So we don't have the full story as yet, but what we have is fascinating. Um, I, I, I'll try and control my enthusiasm. I know I sound like a preacher on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> the I'll, I'll, I'll let you ask a few questions. You can sound <laughs> like a preacher anytime. Sunday is as good a day as ever to be a preacher, surely. <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. Um, and what's also exciting is we're coming across words that um, are no longer used in our indigenous huh. languages. People don't know them. One of the examples appears in today's city press writing, and that's Sidu Medi Salamedi, which is a comet. A comet. Um, (coughs) Indeed. Now, reference is made to the comet appearing in the western sky. So, you know, it's time now for us uh, to contact the appropriate people to see if they can trace what comets um, would have appeared in the western sky from Khamo Jaji so that we can try and put a date to the events described. You know, um, Terence, one of uh, the storylines in this particular tale is, of course, that the origin, uh, the origin of bananas in Mojaji. Tell us a little bit about that. It's an extraordinary story, yes. Um, the incident that I referred to earlier, Jao Albasini, uh, he was uh, a Portuguese uh, who came into South Africa um, and became a horsey, a chief, as, as it's called in Vatsonga, horsey of, of um, one of the Vatsonga-struck Amashangana clans. Um, and he then started collecting tax for the Transvaal Republic uh, and so put together this army, in inverted commas, uh, that would basically extract taxes uh, from people living in that part of Limpopo. Uh, he in, in the in the Chitsonga writings I referred to earlier, um, the author talks about um, an attack on the Nema. Now I don't know who the Nema are, but I know the Nema is uh, a very common fre- prefix for a surname amongst the Lavenda. Um, uh, he talks about going to Balabedu. He talks about the attack on the Nema, and in the writing today, you will read that a group of uh, Vavenda moved southwards to seek protection from the Rain Queen and lived there for a period after an attack by Sewawa's army, Sewawa being the northern Sutu uh, version of his name. They spent some time there, we don't know how long, before going back uh, to their lands, once those lands were vacated by um, Chihuahua. Uh, and sometime later, a group of them returned to plant bananas uh, in, in Kamojaji uh, as a token of their appreciation for the safety they were given. Uh, and that therein lies the origin of bananas in, in that part of the world. It's quite amusing because the gentleman who does the planting is paid in traditional beer uh, because the, Vaven, uh, the, the <laughs> in traditional sort of beer, yes. Um, they wanted to ensure that he stayed there to look after them because they knew nothing about bananas. And clearly from the way that the author's written, the Balabedu viewed these activities with a degree of suspicion until they tasted how wonderful the fruit was. (laughs) (laughs) It's just wonderful anecdotes, real histories, tangible histories of of people. Terence, I'm listening to you, and, and first of all, I hear there's like loads of passion and fascination and that kind of thing. And I suppose my question is, what is this giving you? What are you learning as you move forward in the world? 
Well, you know, I unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately, because I grew up in this country, but I never studied history at school. Uh, it seemed to me to be an unimportant um, subject, mm. frankly. And um, I uh, began working in our indigenous languages and in our educational system some 30, 40 years ago. And that's when I began to be exposed to different indigenous languages. And I remember going to a place called Tulumahashi, uh, which is in Chitsonga-speaking mm. territory, and listening to Chitsonga for the first time and hearing that there were some similarities with Isisulu, and that made me interested. I wanted to find out how that could be. So I learned some of the history of Shoshanga and the Battle of Msatuzi River, Zrida Kalanga, and so on. Um, and I then clearly became interested in the culture of the people as well. Um, and and that's how um, I stumbled upon these writings. I met with friends some years ago, seven or eight years ago in Vuani, two Chitsonga speakers, one Chivenda speaker who asked me about the uh, first contact between their parents and the role of the Portuguese in those contacts. And that is how the Our Story series was born after <clears throat> that discussion and a subsequent meeting with uh, Dr. Nemuzavadi about the project. Uh, and in doing research for the Our Story series, we came across these, you know, 800-odd writings in seven indigenous languages um, about all aspects of um, the history, life, culture of, of our people. Okay, as we close off, I do have to ask you, the story of Mojaji the Rain Queen, it was a, an extract of a work which was um, written in 1940 by J. Modiba Ba. So who was J. Modiba Ba? Well, we don't know. We have launched a campaign. In fact, that is a spelling error which has been corrected in today's. It's Modiba, you should do the name. But we don't know. What I can tell you is that we've come across one person who was a male nurse um, from Mpopo originally, but who gives uh, their residential address in Kensington, a street address in Kensington. Yeah. We have another who uh, was living in Sophia Town, and we think he was a teacher. Uh, um, it seems that the vast majority of the authors whose occupations we can trace were, in fact, teachers or principals. Um, but we have launched a campaign, and this is why we are um, sending out media statements almost every week to try and def- um, identify and find the descendants of these authors. Amazing. And we've managed to find the descendants of one um, author thus far. So that's Terence Ball. He's the publisher of Heritage Publishers. And uh, maybe Jay Modiba is, in fact, uh, a family member of your own. Maybe it's your ancestor from the 1940s writing a work around Mojaji. We'd love to know. Start looking. Start checking it out. Go back into your family albums. Look into little boxes where there might be photos, you know, when your mother keeps photos of long time past. Could be someone you know.